Our scripture for today is John 10, verse 1 through 21. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He is a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of the Lord. Feel free to have a seat. Thank you, Opal, so much. Um, and grateful for the worship team leading us as well. Uh, another quick heads up and something I'd ask you to pray for, to anticipate, is that we'll have people other than me preaching the next two Sundays. So October 31st, November 7th, will be uh, people other than me. So October 31st, Kevin, who just gave announcements, is going to preach his second sermon of all time, lifetime sermon. Second sermon will be, will be next week. And uh, he's already, last night I was over at his house briefly, and he had Bible and stuff out preparing for, for this time. Kevin's a full-time uh, pilot for JetBlue, so he's uh, around all that time. He is uh, preparing for the sermon, so be praying for him. Uh, I'm anticipating already the Lord uh, using him for our lives. And one of the things that I think is amazing for us to, to is the, I think there's an echo, is it distracting? No, Phil, you got it? Okay. If, uh, just give me the cue if I need to move to the handheld. So, um, the, the thing with praying into a sermon to you is a sermon is not like a lecture of a classroom. So, the goal of a sermon is not information transfer. You know, like at the end of a sermon, you shouldn't be like, fascinating, you know, fascinating. I'll go home and ponder the ideas that I've just encountered, you know. Like it's not meant to just be this like information transfer thing. The, the, and there's, there's nothing wrong with information and in a sermon we are being informed of things. Uh, Jesus though said, I want people to love me 
with their heart, mind, soul, and strength. So mind is in there. We don't check our brain out uh, you know, at the doorway as we walk in here. Um, but the goal of a sermon is not information, but transformation. That we would actually be changed. That we would be transformed as we're, as we're here. And so, uh, man, for us to pray into that. And then November 7th, the plan is for Justin Dean to be preaching. And he's a guy that um, 10 years ago, uh, he was a part of a team in Davenport to plant Harvest City or Sacred, uh, sorry, I'm blanking, Sacred City Church. So we're Sacred Mission Church, and they planted Sacred City Church in Davenport, and they have a location in, the, in Moline now. But once a month, I get together with him and a couple other pastors in Iowa City, and so he's going to be, his whole family are going to be coming and staying with us for the weekend and everything. And so, so I'm excited for that. Well, my, the whole idea was that I, I love bow hunting and the rut is coming. And so I was like, I'm just going to like take a solid week of vacation, two Sundays. I'm going to be totally engaged in church, but I'm going to be in the tree stand. And, uh, and so this is going to be amazing. And then, uh, and then on opening day, October 1st, I actually got like the buck I was looking for. So now I'm just, it's, by the way, will never, ever happen again in my entire life. But um, so I'm going to utilize my time differently. Uh, but I'm also really excited for both Kevin and Justin. And they're going to be continuing to lead us in John chapter 10. So we're in the first 21 verses, uh, then Kevin, uh, then Justin will continue to lead us. So if you have your Bibles, we'll have the scripture up on the screen. Uh, we have some Bibles over here too, but if you could open up scripture or if it just bless you to just sit back, relax, not worry about finding the passage, it just, it'll be on the screen and take it in as well. So verse one of John chapter 10 says this, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Verse five, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So first, the context, a sheepfold. All right, we've got Mark Huntrods here. We, we've got people in our church who are experts at sheep, but even for all of us, a first century sheepfold is probably not something that we think about every day. And here's an educated guess. Uh, we have a picture here. This is an educated guess of what a sheepfold possibly looked like in the first century at the time of Jesus. And uh, there's a chance that they would have taken like broken pottery shards as well and lined them around the top to kind of, you know, be prickly up there, kind of like a barbed wire thing at the top. But notice that the shepherd is also the door. So it's like, if, if you're going to get, if you're going to try and get to these sheep, like you got to get over me. 
you know, and so, so this is the design that archaeologists have kind of unearthed and stuff and believe that roughly a sheep pen looked like that. The shepherd, like a wolf could get over the, over the top, but the shepherd is right there. You know, you're not going to be like, oh, I just had no idea there was a wolf five yards away from me. You know, like, like the, the shepherd will be really present to know what's happening right away. And if you're the shepherd, and you're especially the owner of the sheep that you're shepherding, you're caring deeply about the sheep. You're, you're, you're very vested in that. And silly example, but just in my world, every morning when I wake up and I walk out and I'm walking towards our chicken coop, I'm just always like, there's a chance there's carnage. <laughs> like, there's a healthy chance. Many things, one thing I've learned um, is that everything loves the taste of chicken. It's not just a human thing, right? Like every dogs, raccoons, minks, eagles, you know, like everybody's like, do you love chicken? Yes. Like it's like, wow, like the whole animal kingdom has raised their hand. Everybody loves chicken, you know. And so, but for me, uh, I've never, you know, as, as like we're, we, we live kind of out in a timber area and stuff where there's a lot of opportunities for something coming quick out of the woods, you know. And man, we've even heard coyotes where it's like, well, I've looked out my bedroom window and seen a coyote 15 yards outside our window, you know, and, um, you know, and I've never one time been like, honey, I'm sleeping in the coop tonight, you know, like not, not one time ever. And so the value of my, because sometimes I'm like, I'm just pulling out my phone, like order some more, <laughs> send, you know, um, but, but like, I just don't have like, I mean, I, we've, we've put a lot of time and effort into these things. We got in those chicks. They've survived two winters already. You know, just all the work that goes into the water not freezing and cleaning out the chicken coop and all that stuff. It's like, I've put a lot of energy into this thing, you know. And, but then for, to look at and think of the value Jesus is communicating here is infinitely more than any value that I'd put towards my chickens and their their survival and the relationship. And focus on here how Jesus describes our relationship to him. He knows thieves and robbers are going to try to get at those who are his. He just knows it. He knows thieves and robbers are going to try to get at those who are his, to exploit them, to try to destroy them. And he even communicates in a way to say, like, only I'm going to come through the front door. You know, he's even like, it'd be me telling the chickens, like, hey, if anything comes from these little cracks in the walls, it ain't me, you know? Like, when you see the door open, uh, like, and it's morning, you, you'll know it's me and, and that I am the one. Uh, and he's the only shepherd that's going to come through the front door the sheep hear his voice, he says, which I think is amazing. He calls his own sheep by name. You know, I haven't even named our chickens. You know, our kids have some names here and there, but most of those died that we had named. You know? and, uh, and here, like he has a name for each one of us, our names. He calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out, and he leads them out from the front. 
You know, he's not like, hey, you guys go ahead and I'll see how it goes going from point A to B. Then I might follow or I might run that way. Uh, But he's leading them from the front. He brings out all his own. He goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And I think just a major point for us to chew on, and I've been chewing on this week, is only Jesus is shepherd of his own. Only Jesus do we truly want to follow. Only Jesus is shepherd of his own. Like there's, there's not like 30 potential owners, you know, like, like I am the owner of those chickens. There isn't like someone else that's going to come and be like, hey, tag, you're it. I'm the owner now. Like just hang out. You know, it's like, no, I'm the owner and I'm the only owner. And that's true for us. What Jesus is communicating is that only he is the shepherd of us. Only Jesus is shepherd of his own, and only Jesus do we truly want to follow. The religious leaders, don't forget, and if you didn't hear last week, we, we went through all of chapter 9, and I would encourage you to go online or on, a, we have a podcast on iTunes, or you can go uh, just to our sacredmission.church website. But the religious leaders, Jesus has just healed a man who was born blind, And the religious leaders are treating the blind man, the religious leaders are treating the blind man like a raccoon treats a chicken. Like they were were just out for its destruction. They were out to consume it. And a chicken doesn't want to follow a raccoon into the woods, right? Like you don't see a raccoon go into the woods and then see several chickens like following it. Like hopefully, right? Um, A wolf, like you don't have sheep that want to nestle up next to a wolf. Sheep should never want intimacy with a wolf. Sheep strongly desire the shepherd who owns them, knows them intimately, and leads them closely for their good. Like the sheep strongly desire the shepherd who owns them, the shepherd who knows them, who knows them intimately, who leads them closely for their good. And if a chicken desired to follow a raccoon, we would say it's broken, right? Like it's just, hey, that chicken's broken. Now we might use other ways to say it, but like if a chicken desired to follow a raccoon, it would be a broken chicken that would need to be healed and would need to be restored. And if we don't desire to follow Jesus, we're broken. Like if, if we don't desire to follow Jesus, if we don't desire him to call our name, if we don't get excited at the thought of Jesus calling us by name, if we don't desire Jesus leading us, that's a brokenness that's inside us that he is so capable of healing, so capable of restoring. I mean, every, every story we've come across are people looking for, looking for something less than Jesus and him saying, hey, I'm actually the one you're looking for and him revealing himself to them and them responding. I think many of us have that story of like, I was thinking that this was gonna fulfill me 
uh, then he introduced himself to me and changed all of it. Jesus has started this conversation by letting us know the type of shepherd that he is, that he owns us, he names us, he leads us. And in verse 7, look at verse 7, he takes it deeper. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. He's not talking about like Old Testament prophets and stuff like that. He's talking about people in the first century who were claiming to be the Messiah. We have examples of this later in, in different parts of the New Testament. People that were claiming to be the Messiah that were leading people astray. Thankfully, people weren't really following those people. So all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So that, as we saw in that picture of Jesus being the door, he's, he's communicating this to us. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Verse 13, he flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. You, as Jesus being the gate, you can't get to the sheep without going through him. And we see this even Paul, before he was known as Paul, um, was someone who's actually seeking to kill Christians. And he was on this murderous, um, like, just train wreck. And he was on the road to Damascus to, to find the Christians there and to pulverize them. And Jesus just meets him in the middle of his sin. And he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Right? I, I love that. Like he, and you would have never said, like, no, it was like Frank and Jimmy and Susan that were being persecuted. But in Jesus' mind, it was like, I, my, it's, it's my sheep. Like, whatever you do to them, you're doing to me. You can't get to the sheep without going through him. In a world that's seeking to sell us on something, a world that's seeking to take something from us, Jesus is committed to our health. Like, way more than I'm committed to the health of my chickens, and I'm, I'm doing stuff every day for their health. And Jesus, in a, in a completely different level, is saying not just like, hey, I'm a pretty good shepherd. I'm a pretty decent shepherd. I love that he says, I, he says this twice, full sentence. I am the good shepherd. I'm not a good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. He is the one. When the good shepherd is our shepherd, we have life and we have it abundantly. Let me say that again. This is our, a second point that might be good to jot down meditate on, chew on. We'll be talking about all this in our community groups this week. But when the good shepherd is our shepherd, we know him 
and are guaranteed abundant life. Abundant life is our trajectory. And the, this blind man is on everybody's mind. So, and I, I think it should be for us, I think it should be for them. This blind man, like, had such a rough life. Just being blind in the first century for a lifetime, there, there was just a lot that made life really, really hard. And he can now see, radically changed. Like, oh my gosh, my life has been radically changed. And then he's kicked out of the community. You know, it'd be like, I just gave my life to Jesus. This is amazing. And my car just wrecked, and I lost my house, and I lost my job. And someone just kicked my dog, you know, or so like you, you could, and it'd be like, man, wow, like this is amazing. And for this guy, for Jesus to say like, hey, I, I know my own. They know my voice. I'm leading them. And they are having life and life to the fullest, life abundant. And I just feel like this guy is like such a good, I mean, it can be hard, but this guy is like a model, you know, of like, man, his life has been radically changed and some really hard things are happening. And he is, his life is being turned upside down. He's just been kicked out of his community, which is a big deal, um, especially in such a communal culture that they were in at that time. And his shepherd is laying down his life for him, and his shepherd is promising him abundant life. He's a, he's, he is alive like never before. He's given his life to Jesus, and he's being led to such a greater life in the middle of wolves, robbers, all sorts of things trying to get at him, trying to take him down, trying to take him out. And anything, if anything that tries to give us safety, anything that tries to give us life, anything that tries to name you that is not Jesus is a wolf. Just to like make it clear. Like, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's like the worst thing ever, but what, like even Jesus, when Peter, one of his best friends, is like, Jesus, you're wrong about God. You know, Jesus wasn't like, well, I, I disagree with you politely, you know. Peter in that moment was trying to lead Jesus away from God's call, from, from the Father's will for him. And Jesus' response was, get behind me, Satan. Like, that comes from the pit of hell. Like, you trying to lead me in a way different than the direction that Jesus is seeking to shepherd my soul. Jesus is all in here. Jesus is not like one foot in, one foot out. You know, if I lose these, I've got some others over here that I'll, I'll lead or whatever. Like he is saying, I am laying down my life for every single person in this room. I have laid down my life for every single person in this room. He proves it, and his proving it shows us he is also continuing into this. Look at verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So, so this man, has give, Jesus has given sight to a blind Jewish man, 
but there are going to be many, many who are not Jewish, who are not the people of God of the Old Testament. There are going to be many of them who will hear his voice, who will hear the voice of the shepherd, and the shepherd will bring them into his flock as well. And that, that's my story. I'm not Jewish by, by my biological lineage. That's true for probably almost everybody in here, is that we, have, we were not part of the fold, and we have been brought in, those who have put our, our trust in Christ and those who will trust Christ today. Continuing, look at verse 16. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon. He's insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? The good shepherd is the only one who can not only lay down his life for his sheep, but then take it up again. Uh, this section, like, it adds so much to our understanding of what is happening at the resurrection, what is happening at the crucifixion, is that Jesus says he is able to lay down his life, but then he's able to take it up again. He's able to actually truly be dead and take up his life again, conquer death. And some are hearing him say this and are like, he's crazy, he's demonic. C.S. Lewis talked about this in Mere Christianity, that, that as you hear the things that Jesus said, he never is claiming to be this, like, good moral teacher. Kind of baby Jesus that's this good moral teacher, and I'll kind of take 20% of what he says and leave the rest on the table or something. C.S. Lewis writes that when we listen to Jesus, we either have to say he is a total liar, he is a total lunatic, or he is my Lord. Like, those are the options. And that's kind of the, the way that, they're, that they are processing this. That, and there are many here who are saying, he must be Lord. Who else could do this? And I've, I've heard some people that seem to be possessed by powers that are not them, and they don't sound like this. They're not doing this type of thing. And, uh, and I've known people that, you know, are, are not mentally there and they do not sound like this and they are not doing the things that he is doing that's leading us to one place uh, this great truth only Jesus has resurrection authority only Jesus has resurrection authority and just staying with the just silly example of my chickens but like if, if I walked into the chicken coop and I actually could just be like oh gosh well come back to life. Oh, here we go, come back to life. And it was like, if I had like resurrection power, I mean, hopefully my chickens wouldn't become like, like fearless and just like run into whatever, you know. But the peace and the joy that hopefully those little things would feel, you know, because it's like my shepherd has resurrection authority. And, uh, you know, so for Jesus to communicate to this 
communicate this to us is so for our good, so for our joy and our peace of like, man, the one who is calling me, the one who is leading me is the one who has the authority to resurrect. How should we be transformed today? Um, Jesus just said here in verse 16, they will listen to my voice. I love that. That's a guarantee. You know, I, I can't be like, well, I hope people hear this today. It's like, no, Jesus has said, like, they hear my voice. They will hear my voice. And I think three questions we can ask just to, to seek transformation. I think one question is, are you hearing the voice of your shepherd? Do you feel like you are hearing his voice? Um, do you feel like you're hearing his voice louder and clearer than other voices? Instagram voices or Facebook voices or our own voices saying things to us and about us or hearing things that coworkers or friends or whatever are saying. Like, am I hearing the voice of my shepherd? And if not, like, would you ask him, be like, Jesus, I'm, I, there have been times this week that I've just been like, man, I've been thinking about times where I was like, man, in college, I felt like I heard his voice so clearly and loudly. Um, it, to come and plant the church here, I felt like that was like an unmistakable voice. It wasn't like me being smart. It was just like, man, if I don't do this, I'm going to be disobeying Jesus for the rest of my life, and I don't want to do that. You know, like he is saying, do this. You know, you need to grow. Go here. Um, but then, but the reality is like, I don't hear him that way every day. And so there have been several times this week that I've just been like, Shepherd, I, I want to hear your voice. Like, you're, you're leading me. You're protecting me. Like, I'm, I'm, I need to hear from you right now. I need to hear your, your direction. I need to just, I want to just hear your voice. And I feel like he's met me and he's met my family several times this week in that. And, and man, if we're all just like seeking the good shepherd and like desiring to hear his voice and follow his voice. And then the second question is, is the good shepherd leading you to abundant life? Is the good shepherd leading you to abundant life? And this is not the like, oh, I gave my life to Jesus and now like everything is amazing. I win the lottery every week and it's just life is perfect. You know, it's, it's not that type of abundant life. It is a type of saying, like, are you leading me, Jesus, or am I following other paths? Am I, am I following this direction for my life that I think is going to make me happy, but I know if I follow this, and this might even be a narrower, harder path, but I know it's the path to abundant life, and you are leading me there, and you are powerful, and I want to follow you. And third, is Jesus' resurrection authority your joy? Like, can you rest in his powerful hands? Can you say, like, okay, shepherd, I really need you to bring life here because it feels like death. I need you to meet me here with your resurrection authority. Or, Lord, just thank you that, um, that you're going to, you're going to see me safely home, and I can rest in that. Um, I think just a quick prayer can be like, shepherd, give me life. Shepherd, I'm yours. Lead me. 
And um, man, so can you like rest? Can we rest in his powerful hands? And if not, like what's keeping us from resting in his powerful hands? And then can you place your life in his powerful hands. Maybe you've, you've never done that before, of saying like, hey, I've kind of been around you, I've kind of heard about you, and I, I actually just want like, I'm yours. Consider me fully your sheep. <laughs> Lead me, save me, change me, transform me. I'm yours. Um, and if that's you, I, we're gonna have time, we're gonna step into a time of communion. And if that's you, I'd love to talk to you about that. I'd love to pray with you about that. Or I just, or maybe you've got questions about that. You're like, hey, I've been going to some churches that's never talked this way before. Um, show me in scripture more where you're seeing this and, and what, what might this look like. But one of the things that I would encourage you is, uh, is at least to talk to God about it and say, hey, I'm feeling things about you that maybe I haven't felt before. I feel like maybe you're calling my name. Maybe you're, maybe this is your voice I'm hearing. Is it? He's not playing hide-and-go-seek. Um, he's leading us down a well-lit path. Uh, so, Lord, I, I do ask that you would, shepherd, would you lead us? Thank you that you are the good shepherd. And, Lord, we, we desperately need you. We desperately want you. And even the, the brokenness at times where we don't want you, Lord, would you restore, would you heal us? Would you open our eyes would you open our hearts to together to be walking with you, delighting in you, uh, be, being your sheep here? Thank you that you are the great shepherd. Would we, um, Lord, would we, uh, would we just let you have your way, knowing it is for our good? Jesus, we pray. Amen. An amazing thing for us to step into is communion. This is Jesus' idea for us to nestle up close to him. This is Jesus' idea for us to meet with him, to come to him. And the way that we do it here is that we'll have, uh, we'll have the Shiptons, they'll put on these uh, plastic gloves, and then they'll actually tear the bread, which represents the body of Jesus. And they, if you just walk up with your hands like this, and we'll, we'll come down the center aisle and just walk with your hands like this, they'll place the, the bread in, in your hands and then take wine or juice, obey your conscience there, representing the blood of Jesus shed for you. And the warnings in Scripture about coming to the table are for those who are followers of Jesus, giving your life to Jesus, um, if there is sin in your life, if there are things that are unrepentant that the Lord is showing you, like, hey, I know you're meeting with me here. You really need to meet with me. We have some work we need to do. It's okay to abstain this week and say, hey, I, I need to do some work with Jesus, and I will come boldly to the table next week. So there are warnings in Scripture with that. If you have yet to put your trust in Jesus, what my encouragement would be would be to not come to the table. Um, it it kind of doesn't make sense. to. It's kind of out of order uh, to not come to the table, to just come to Jesus at this time. Give your life to him, and then come to the table. So let's spend some time with him, and then let's respond. And then what we'll do is we'll get the elements, and then we'll remind, remain standing, and then together we'll take it. So, so let's respond.